And welcome to the Bible and our culture. I'm your host, Pastor J. McPherson, pastor of our sponsor, Liberty Remnant Church. You can find more information about LRC at our website, libertyremnantchurch.org. You can email me if you have any questions or comments at office at libertyremnantchurch.org. Well, if you were with us last week, you had the treat of Pastor Jim Doman, shared a bit of his testimony, and we talked about a couple books that he's written. But for this week, we want to talk a little bit more about his ministry, The Church United. Jim, would you welcome our listeners? Hello, uh, listeners in Spokane uh, area. It's great to be back. And uh, I'm excited to talk about Church United and what God is doing with his church, not only in California, but we're growing across the nation and have an incredible impact. Excellent. So how is... God directed you here, and, and what are some of the main things that are happening right now? Well, I actually came up to uh, meet, actually tomorrow, we're going to be meeting with uh, a local area pastor network, but I'm just sharing what God has done with Church United, and we started with California pastors. Um, I couldn't get one pastor to go to Washington, D.C. with me, and back in 2000, like back in 2012, 2013, I took my wife on a trip. And she experienced the capital for the first time. We got the spiritual heritage to her things. And we both went to Christian schools. We didn't learn this in Christian schools. Mm. It was amazing just the depth of understanding our history and the biblical founding and just just the rich heritage of the godliness uh, underlying our country. And I told my wife, I said, let's take $6,000 out of savings and sponsor five pastors. I was the sixth pastor, actually. And that year, we took six California pastors and it was not only monumental that moved them, one of them has just launched and started this incredible ministry called Our Watch, Pastor Tim Thompson in Marietta, California. But of all the, we did a video of all those five pastors and I shared that with other pastors. And the next year, 27 went, all scholarship. The next year, 70 pastors went. Wow. And then we had 157 California pastors go to the nation's capital and Church United covered all the costs and expense for them. Now, I have to raise those funds to do that, but what what we saw was what I learned back when we had the group of 70, when God's church comes together, we stop evil, we stand up against injustice, and we do good. What are, they, what are these like? Are they getting pastors in, engaged with our, our civil responsibility, or is it just sort of a time to go see some interesting stuff? Well, they will definitely see some interesting stuff and things that most normal people don't have access to. God opens up doors that we, I, I, I'm, a, I'm amazed. I'm a nobody, brother. and But I go there and I'm like, they're like, how did you get all these appointments with U.S. senators and members of the House? And I'm like, God just opens the doors. And But you know what? Politicians aren't stupid. They're, they're into two things, money or votes. Mm-hmm. And pastors don't represent money. I think you and I know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they represent votes. And so they're more op- opt to, or, or more apt to listen to a pastor, at least meet with them, because they represent votes specifically if they're from their district. But I got to tell you, the reason why I started Church United in 2016 is I'm from Orange County, California. And, you know, we don't have murder on the streets per se. Like, you know, we it's, Orange County is a very wealthy area. We, we murder babies in the womb. We do that kind of murder and then sell their parts which is abhorrent. Mm-hmm. And I found out this is happening in your Belinda in North Orange County in my back, literally my backyard. And I went to the sheriff's department. I went to city. I went to the city officials, city council members. I went to so many people. How do we stop this? And nobody can do anything. Well, 
this group of 70 pastors we took to Washington, D.C. in 2016 in May, we were worshiping inside the rotunda, the United States, oh, not the rotunda, we're in the basement of the United States Capitol. And members of the House, members of the Senate were coming and sharing their testimonies of walking with God, quoting scripture. I mean, bliss, blowing pastors' minds. They can't believe there's that many godly people in, uh, in our nation's capital. And during the a pause between a testimony and worship, I stood up. And I felt like I made a fool of myself, but I said, they're aborting babies. You know, there's a couple hundred people in this meeting. They're aborting babies and selling their parts in my backyard. This is evil. This is abhorrent. I've reached out to, and I, this it should not be happening. These are, these are people creating the image of God that have been not only been aborted and now they're selling their parts. They're harvesting their parts. And it was dead quiet. I looked around and I'm like, I just made a fool out of myself. And I sat down. I really felt stupid. The next day, I don't know if you know if anybody of your listeners know the name Marsha Blackburn. At the time, she was a representative from Tennessee and she was the chair of the Select Committee of Infant Lives. Oh wow. She said, My team is investigating that company in your backyard. Can we have a meeting with you tomorrow? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Wow. So I met with her. I bring some other North Orange County pastors because they were from all over the state uh, that we took. We met with her team. They're told this investigation. They were working with the Orange County DA's office. So we said, we're going to start a prayer team and start doing vigilant prayer walks around this building. So we had Catholics and evangelicals coming together, praying to stop this horrific thing happening in our backyard. Long story short, Orange County DA filed a lawsuit and within a year shut them down and fined them $7.6 million wow. never to do business in the state of California again. Now, mind you, we are a super minority in the state of California. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's the wickedest capital in the union and the evil that comes out of there is unprecedented. But even but what I learned, when God's people, his church, comes together and unites, we stop evil, we do good, we stand up against injustice. Uh, yeah. Well, guess what the DA revealed? Now, this isn't any of our research. This is the public, uh, the, the, the district attorney for the county of Orange in the state of California. Do you know how this father and two sons got into the United States? Through Hillary Clinton's foundation. They gave enough money so when she was Secretary of State, she allowed them to come in from Venezuela to do these atrocities here in the United States in Orange County, California. The wow. DA that the DA unearthed that. Where's the accountability? You know, lock her up. That's what I say, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. I guess I, I'm I'm gaining confidence, gaining faith that if God's people will just stand up, show up and speak up. All sorts of amazing things could happen. That's what's what oh, we read in Pastor the Bible. Oh, but Pastor Jay, I only preach Jesus. I don't engage. <laughs> oh no, no, no. And you know, when pastors tell me that garbage, I go, "What Bible are you reading? Mm -hmm. Find me a book in the Bible that doesn't have God's people interacting with the most powerful, known global leaders at the time, or if it's not, His people are in power. How can we think in America in 2023 we have nothing to do with government? Well, you know what? We just watched a pandemic. We see what happens when God's people are not involved. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know there's a lot of Christians who love to complain about what's happening <laughs> and, and speak hopelessness, but I, I've, I'm gaining confidence here in your story there that if we, if we just be obedient and respond, if something's happening at City Hall, especially local, anything that's, that's going on that you're saying, no, there is a threat to our Christian liberty, there's a threat to godliness, if we actually stand up and show up, and the, obviously we have the numbers, if we just do it, we could see God 
do miraculous things, just like you're Isn't telling there us. a book in the Bible that says something, just don't be mere hearers of the word, but doers? Mm-hmm. You know? Hey, if we get people to even hear, it's just stop complaining. That would be really good. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so what else has uh, happened? And you said there that, that a lot of pastors were surprised there's so many godly people in the nation's capital. Uh, are you are you meeting lots of so when, when we take pastors and you know I got to tell you this is really exciting for the first time ever uh, this year 2023 Church United took pastors from other states and I was when uh, wanting to do this but God has just opened doors so we took pastors from Mid America nor- the Northwest um, just kind of a spattering all over and of course California well. When when I normally when I go with D, to Washington D.C., I'll meet with House Representative Mike Johnson, and he was the chair of the Freedom Caucus for a while when Trump was president. And he and I had coffee uh, with the with the, my legal uh, team and board member Bob Tyler with Advocates for Faith and Freedom. The three of us would have coffee, and he would tell us the backstories of President Trump. Would call him specifically on the bill that did not pass, or we're trying to get eradicate Obamacare. And we just heard those conversations and stories very, very real. And <laughs> I just laughed because the stuff we don't hear or see, I got to hear from Mike himself. Anyway, so typically when I go to D.C., that's one of the people we'll meet with. Well, this last trip in January of 2023, we laid hands on him. We prayed, and all these pastors from all these other states were all in the same room. We're laying hands. We're praying over him. And we find out this guy will even sleep in his office. Pastor Jay. Now get this. He wants to save money. It's expensive to live in DC. And I'm thinking, what a humble man. He really is a humble man. He's an attorney. I mean, he could take some high paying job or, you know, steal from the American people or get get secrets in the stock market and all that. But well, that's no, what you did when you were a representative in DC. Yeah, I know, but not Mike Johnson. <laughs> all right. And guess what? I would never in a million years would have thought this humble man who loves Jesus is now the Speaker of the House, the second to the line of the United States presidency, should something happen to Biden or uh, Harris. And I'm just like, he's like the second most powerful man in America. He's humble. He loves the Lord. And I love this. The media was attacking him within the first week or so. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. And, and, and let me tell you, listener, something. If you're getting hammered or attacked by the media, do you know why? You're godly, you fear God, and you love the Lord. It's like the devil is doing everything he can to shut you down. And it's so evident. I mean, if you can't see that, if someone's getting attacked by the media, you got to know they're righteous and they're walking with God. Anyway, so Congressman uh, Mike Johnson, they're, they're attacking him because he doesn't, he's not a billionaire. He's not a multimillionaire. You know why? He's not stealing from the government. He's not stealing from the American people or using his power for a personal gain. They're like, he's got a mortgage. They have debt and student loans and He's in a, nor- a normal American family. And you know what? I, I love to show uh, on Hannity, they, they even adopted a black son. And Hannity was like, I talk to him, you know, is there, has it been different? And he says, of course it's been different. And I just, I love the man's heart. He's winsome. He's brilliant. And he, he's already changed the budget disaster yeah. by pushing, let's not rush the budget. Let's give us a couple extra months, not shut down the government. And, you know, I, my hat's off to him because he has stepped into, um, a, a, I'll just call it a toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to do what's right, what's good, and what's godly. Awesome. There was and so who much- would have known we prayed over him, yeah. too, like nine months earlier? Yeah. I've really felt it was a miracle. There was so much crazy stuff happening here in Spokane and 
losing our religious freedoms to a degree, and and it it was uh, there's some discouraging things happening, and and we're praying and believing and sensing something, and when Mike Johnson became Speaker of the House, in my mind, right out of the blue, I said, "Yes, God does answer prayer, and He is up to something." Yeah. So being from California, I got to say this. So our U.S. senators have never met with us. I don't think they will. Feinstein, at least her office would allow us to come in and meet with an aide. When we had Barbara Boxer, we literally, we, I brought in 12 pastors one one of our trips and we were told to leave when we asked. And the guy said, yeah, my kids go to a Christian school. And one of the pastors said, hey, can we pray for you and Senator Boxer? He literally stood up and said, you all have to leave now. Wow. We got kicked out. So we honored his crest. We didn't want to, you know, we walked out of the office. We went and prayed in the center of that building in the foyer area because all the senator's offices are in three different buildings. But anyway, I share this because it's so beneficial to meet with men and women. I mentioned Senator Marshall Blackburn earlier, but I want to talk about Senator, another great Johnson in, in uh, U.S. government and Congress is U.S. Senator Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin. Okay. Now we met with him, this group of 20 pastors, and we met in one of their conference rooms and he's the senior uh, official who's conservative on the United States uh, Homeland Security. I said, you know, and, and I love these humble men. I said, you know, Senator Johnson, he goes, call me Ron. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm Jim. Nice to meet you. You know, that kind of, I just love men like that. Uh, Senator Ben Sass was like that as well. Anyway, he said, I said, Senator what is the greatest threat facing America? You're on the Department of Homeland Security. You know the intel. Is it China? Is it Russia? Is it the border crisis? Is it the terrorists coming over and what's happening in Israel is going to happen here in the U.S.? What's the greatest threat threatening America? And I was shocked with this answer. He said, it's the rot from within. Wow. So you've been able to get to know him personally and know his heart and he I, sees it the rot within is, is the sin and the worldliness the, 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 I, that we're destroying ourselves from within. And I think it is so evident that our culture, we're ready for an awakening. Our church needs revival. The culture needs awakening. And that's the church. The church has to step up and be the church, be the law, light, be the salt, and speak truth and kindness. But also, we have to engage. We can't sit back and let evil, evil triumph as we continue to watch. At the Bible in Our Culture, we look at the culture through the lens of the Bible. So I'm very honored to have my special guest, Pastor Jim Doman of The Church United. If you want to check out the podcast from last week or connect with Jim in some way. Jim, what's your website again? Uh, for Church United, it's churchunited.com. But you can uh, find me at jimdoman.com or notamistake.com. Excellent. Has a tremendous testimony and He's one of those pastors who are standing up, speaking up, and showing up, and God's doing great things. He's from California. We're not going to hold that against him because he's, a, <laughs> he's a, our brother in Christ. He's a, a saint in God's ecclesia. Amen. What's happening in Orange County? Well, you know what? Uh, so we're based in Newport Beach, California, which is in Orange County. Um, I'm a California native. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but I also, I'm a fighter. I don't give up. And I, as I say often, if I'm the only one standing, I'm going to stand for righteousness and God's truth. Awesome. And I'll continue to do that. Um, God's just really given Church United favor with the Spanish-speaking world in California. Now, we have a network of over 2,500 pastors across the state. As I mentioned, we're also growing nationally. But we have 2,500 California pastors. A minimum, probably 500 of them are Spanish speakers. 
and we've done Spanish-speaking events. We call them awakening tours when we go to the capitals, but we actually did one in San Diego and in Long Beach where it's all in Spanish. But part of that favor is, and I, I can't make this stuff up, Pastor Jay, but leaders from Orange County. Now, the, the Latinos have networks of pastors that lead networks of pastors in these different counties. Well, those leaders came together and said, we've got to do something about public education. We had to do something about what's happening to our children. Exponential rates of their kids are coming home from great godly Christian families saying they're LGBTQ. Wow. And guess what? They're all in the public schools. Mm -hmm. They can't afford to... Most of them can't afford to send to private schools or they don't have schools in their churches. So they're seeing this crisis unfold and they, 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 they reached out to me at Church United and said, Jim, could you help us find our voice? And when they asked me that, I just felt the Holy Spirit come over me and I told them, when you find your voice, again, Church United, when you find your voice, you're going to not only transform California for Christ, but I believe we're going to see revival in the churches and we will see awakening again. Incredible spiritual awakenings have been birthed out of out of uh, California. That's true. I mean, you think of like organizations like Focus on the Family was started in California. You look at the Calvary Chapel movement. We just The movie yeah. just came out, Jesus Revolution, and what happened in California. Look at the Vineyard movement and all these, inc- I mean, the Azusa Street Revival. I've got friends that do yeah. that. I mean, all these incredible spiritual awakening type of events occurred and jay i think we're ready for another one i mean america needs it i mean california needs i mean every state needs it and i just sense god's going to use the immigrant the alien among you to do something that because and here's the other thing they haven't forsaken scripture they haven't forsaken god they haven't forsaken family to where so many, even within the church, have done that. And I think within that people group, I also have another side theory too, I think we'll see an incredible awakening in the LGBTQ community with the number of people. Just, I love seeing the young people coming out of that lifestyle. But I give it for California, they have the numbers. And when they find their voice, I think we're gonna see miracle, biblical sized miracles happening. That's encouraging. We're praying a verse we quote a lot, here on the Bible and our culture is Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my mm. people who are called by my name will humble, humble themselves, themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then I will heal from heaven and heal their land. And so it's like, hey, we gotta we gotta do this and in faith believe that if God said it, that if we do what he said, that he will do what he said. And so Amen. this is encouraging to hear of of this movement starting. You mentioned they a lot of them were indoctrinated with the LGBTQ agenda coming from public schools and so on. And I know that's, if, if you, people listen to our last show, that's a, a big passion of, of yours. And you say there's all these people coming out of that, which I believe is true. I, I mean, I think every city has dozens, if not hundreds, thousands maybe of big cities have ex-homosexuals, yet the narrative is you're born that way. Uh, I, I agree with you. I just think there's going to be so many people that are going to come out of that and be so grateful for what God has done with them that they're going to lift up their voice and share their testimony, and we're going to see this house of cards crumble. I would love to see that happen. And I, you know what, as we read scripture, we know, we, we know what happens in the end, but we kind of know what happened to get to the end. You know, but again, uh, I look at Romans 1. Um, we're watching Romans 1 unfold before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And that God turns a culture, a country, over to destroy themselves. And I am hopeful that we can stop that, we can slow that, we can change it through revival and awakening. 
Obviously, revival is getting Christians on fire, awakening his first-time commitments for Christ, where people, new people are coming to know God, and I'm sensing that in the LGBT community, and even this, the, the, the exponential number of children that are exposed to this content and are dealing with these issues, I just sense God's going to want to help set them free. And I see that's a partly why I, I, I just believe God's going to use these two people groups because it was kind of like he used the druggies yeah. uh, in the Calvary Chapel movement, all these people, you know, former, you know, these drug people, and it got, you know, the Jesus freaks and all that stuff, and they got set free. They gave that up and followed God, and now this is the issue of sexuality. But I will say this, with sexual sins, they're deep. They're deep-seated, and they need lots of healing, therapy, spiritual. I mean, there, there's a lot to it to, um, to be set free from this. And I want to say this and make this really clear. I'm not without temptation. And that's partly why I wrote the book, Breaking Sin's Grasp. Your temptation doesn't define you, but because I still get tempted, but I get to choose. Am I going to choose God? my wife, my children, my ministry, or do I want to choose my sinful desire? And I'm not always victorious. You know, that's why I'm in need of a savior and his name is Jesus. And I share that because we so, everybody wants to say, this is who I am. This is my, or I, I you know, I, I'm an alcoholic or I'm a this. No, you're not. Our identity's in Christ, but your temptation doesn't define you. That's not who you are. But I think so many men have lost that. And, you know, I've journeyed, uh, with so many men of the last 20 years in ministry. And that's why I wanted to do this book, Breaking Sin's Grasp, because I think the church has missed the point. Yeah, we come to know Jesus, but we have to set people free. Mm-hmm. Jesus came to set people free and I've been set free. Let me help Let me help other men set them free so they can help other men get set free. And I mean, there's no secret. It's just, it's the process I went to that I wanted to share with others and that I've brought men to that, that couldn't get over porn and broke that, addiction or couldn't get over, you know, premarital sex and and stop that until they got married or extramarital sex and really walking with men and giving them a practical way how to do that. That's so awesome. The name of our church is Liberty Remnant Church. A lot of people think the Liberty would be in a political sense only. And certainly if you're familiar with this program and you're familiar with our church that, yeah, we don't shy away from those issues, but Jesus came to bring liberty to the captives. Any time we're, we're working for liberty, we're working for the cause of Christ, and lots of people are condemned. Uh, they have temptation. Maybe it's not a homosexuality temptation, but we're all dealing with temptation, and part of being the church is, is being there with each other to apply the New Testament theology. I know that sounds egghead to a lot of people, but really just apply <laughs> what the Bible says about sin and walking triumphant with Christ, and he'll help us. He wants it for us. We've just got to come into him and depend on his grace. Absolutely. I love that. You know, I, I talk about, uh, actually, the, the gentleman, uh, Neil Anderson, if you're familiar yes, with him, familiar. he wrote my forward to Breaking oh, Sin's Grasp, and uh, it was powerful forward, but I also, um, I use his material. Steps to Freedom in Christ. Now, some of us are more jacked up than others, and I actually had two pastors take me through it twice at two different times in my, uh, I think both times I was on pastoral staff at a church as I, as I sought to seek greater freedom uh, from my sin issues. And it really was so helpful. And then I've taken men through that. Then I'll take men, you know, take off the old, put on the new. Well, you know, I'll help you find your spiritual gifts. But what are your spiritual gifts? Most Christians don't know them. 
Well, let's find out how God's equipped you so you can use that gift for kingdom purposes. Again, taking off the old self, putting on the new and, you know, giving men practical ways how to do that. And my publisher said, Jim, do you know why I took your book? He goes, so many books does deals with sin management and not sin eradication. And nobody kind of is afraid to broach that topic or go deep enough. And, and actually in this book, I don't talk about my journey out of homosexuality. That was my first book. I talk about my addiction to sugar and carbohydrates and being a fat American because Americans are fat. Now you know, you're really meddling. Yeah. Now, now meddling. Uh, oh, here I go again. You know, the taboo topics. Let's talk yeah. about gluttony in the church. And how unhealthy that is. And if our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, why are we all so overweight? We're not even eating real food. Well, I've dropped 30 pounds in the last, what, it'll be two years, maybe three years, two uh, three years this um, April that I've dropped 30 pounds and I've kept it off. Awesome. But And, and, and I don't say that to say I've arrived because it's still a battle. I mean, okay, I'll confess. I've got, I've got, I bought a Snicker bar and it's in my refrigerator <laughs> in my hotel room. Anyway, but I, I sometimes break down and, you know, do stuff that I shouldn't be eating. And I ate red vines on the before coming to dinner with you, just so you know. Okay. So my conscience is clear. But, you know, I'm like, and it's garbage. Even the lady at the counter is like, you know, this is bioengineered, which is genetically modified. You shouldn't be eating this. And it was a fat lady telling me, and I'm in pretty Funny. good shape. And I'm like, but you know what? I chose to do it anyway. Isn't that just like sin? That's mm. sinful. I'm putting harmful things in my body, knowingly doing it. So we got just a few more minutes. You're... I didn't Journey know I was going to confess so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little group therapy <laughs> on the side here on the radio. You've overcome a lot through the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. How much of that was was community, was, was with the church? Great question. No one's ever asked me that. Really? That is so strategic. You know, initially when God, God spoke to me and did a miracle with the $5, you'll have to read my book to read about that. That's pretty powerful. So, but the church... I went to three churches when I came back to the Lord. I could not get enough scripture. Mm. And then I was attending two or three men's groups. Now, I didn't share my testimony. I didn't share any stories. I just went to be with healthy men. I was so starved for healthy male relationships. I was going to three different men's groups. And it ministered to me just being there with other godly men or men trying to live righteously or do what's right. And the church, the men in the church help walk with me. And I tell great stories about this in the book, how one man, um, I was afraid of balls. I'm not good at sports. That's why I did Ironman or sports with balls. So I did Ironman, which is a, a, um, a long distance triathlon and doesn't involve balls. Hmm. Uh, I'm doing bodybuilding because I don't, you know, you don't need coordination for bodybuilding. But it was uh, men in the church who helped me get over that fear of getting hit by a ball. And it was a, a man in the church. And these are different men that, Jim, let me teach you how to date. You got to kiss the girl on the first date. And I'm like, what? That's not, you know. And then he's like, no, she needs to know you're interested. And if she's not, move on. Don't take offense to it. Don't take it personal. Move on. But nobody taught me how to do all this stuff. Now, mind you, this they were teaching me to do this. I was like 30 years old. You know, I had my first sex talk with my dad at 30, and I gave it because I never <laughs> had it, but it was restorative. Hmm. But again, I had to seek this out. But men, the church played a huge role in my recovery and teaching me what a real man is, what a godly man is, what a humble man is, what a man who's kind and loving and respects women and what a good father is, what a good husband is. I mean, I had that role modeled for my parents, but in this area of my life, I was very broken and I needed the men in the church to do that and they did that for me. Awesome. If you're listening and and you've been hurt by the church or you just don't feel like there's 
church good enough for you, get to church. If you're in the Spokane area, we'd love to have you at Liberty Remnant Church. But wherever you are, get to church. If you think, well, I've been mistreated by the church, I bet you I can top your stories. But here I am, still pastoring. Oh, I might be able to top yours. <laughs> okay, Don't get so, me started. <laughs> so Pastor Jim might try to top his stories, or my stories about how he's hurt the church. But nonetheless, get to church. Thank you for being with us on the Bible and our culture. We'll catch you next time. Blessings.